Less Than 2000, the podcast. Dude, tell me this is not pretty dope, man. I love it. It's, this, is, this, is, this is much better than being in person. I like not having to come all the way over to your house and hang out. And I mean, I don't have your dogs barking at me. You can just, you know, come into my living room, my den, and, and hit, hit record. I know. It's amazing. Do you think anybody really remembers the hard way? You know, I don't really care because I absolutely loved this movie. And, you know, it, it's on Cinemax, so I watched it the other night. And I got to say, I love it, I think, almost as much now as I did as I did then. There is so many redeeming qualities about the movie The Hard Way. First off, the dynamic between Michael J. Fox and James Woods. Amazing. I mean, James Woods is an ass in this movie mm-hmm. and does such a great job being just that, that hard-edged New York cop. And Michael J. Fox could not have played a more doofy, aloof, in-his-own-head actor from L.A., it's a fantastic contrast. It is a fantastic contrast. And, and James Woods has always played that a- character. I mean, he's a character actor. He's typecast as the tightly wound jerk. Uh, and, you know, but is he really an a-? That's my question. Is he, is he really an a- or is he just a regular guy? And this aloof guy from the fantasy world is now suddenly in his life. He's a New York cop, a murder detective, and he's got to deal with this guy who is thrust upon him by his boss who who doesn't live in the real world. I'd say James Woods is just like a normal guy. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it, it, Michael J. Fox is definitely not a normal guy in this movie. I mean, he... No. Like, that opening... By the way, there is no better monologue than that opening monologue where he's walking through the mansion... And, you know, you have the half-naked pictures hanging on the wall and all the TVs and the pools, you know, and all that stuff everywhere. It's amazing. That speech that he gives and goes on for like 10 minutes until he gets the TV on is one of my, the, my most favorite monologues ever in cinema history. The one that starts with him throwing his award at the TV and says, it's crap, Ange. It's pure crap. That one? Yep. And then suddenly it's a smash cut to no one talks that way to Joe Gunn. And it is the cheesiest, most perfect making fun of those 80s, early 90s action movies with all those zingy one-liners. and The entire commercial were one-liners. There was nothing in that in that trailer at all but one-liners and then that leads to him throwing his people's choice award at the tv and breaking it nick lang michael j fox's character wants to be a serious actor he's tired of all the action goofy and he says you don't want me to grow up the studio doesn't want me to grow up i'm the only one who wants me to grow up and it's, a, it's perfect at that p- time in his career because he's coming off, Michael J. Fox is coming off of playing a kid actor for seven, eight years on Family Ties. And of course, a teenager in Back to the Future and Teen Wolf. And he had actually done one sort of, he had actually done two kind of adulty roles right before this, Doc Hollywood being one. So he played a doctor, a, a plastic surgeon. And he also was in uh, Casualties of War. People very seldom remember Casualties of War. Uh, so he had done a couple serious things already, but he was he was playing up the whole thing that he was a teen idol, that he's a child actor almost. And, and, and so it was a nice contrast for him 
real life and his character. This is where I really, I think, fell in love with Michael J. Fox as an actor was in this movie. I know you always say, does anybody remember this movie? I thought this movie was fantastic. You know, I, I don't think that it's a, it's a, I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad movie or that, that no one remembers it, but I think it's one of those that kind of slips through the cracks, that it's underappreciated, that not as many people remember this and know it as certainly as much as Back to the Future and some of his other stuff. Well, Back to the Future's, hold on, Back to the Future's one of the best movies in, in history. You can like, that, there's so many other movies. It's not as big as Teen Wolf. <laughs> How's that? You like that one? <laughs> I'll give you that. Okay, fine. I, what I guess one. what I'm saying is it's underappreciated. It's underrated. It does. It, it is a good movie. It is something people should go out of their way to watch. And there's hardly anything. Hardly anybody really talks about this movie. And it was. Uh, it was a success. It was not a flop at all. It had a budget of 24 million, and it made 65 million in 1991. I think the the best term. It wasn't appreciated. I hate the term underrated or overrated or this or that. You said it was underappreciated. And I think that's the most, that's the best term that we need to use moving forward. My point being is it was not a box office flop. It, it may have done underperformed uh, under expectations, but it wasn't a, an abject disaster. It opened number three in the box office that week because listen to the, the movies it was up against. Silence of the Lambs and New Jack City. Those are ones that you're set up for failure. So yeah, I, I mean, so those are those are movies that are that are certainly not underappreciated. That everybody knows about those movies, and so so yeah, it 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 was not necessarily the best release date. You know, it's interesting though. Is Roger gave it almost five stars, so it was actually getting love from from the critics. You're, that would be Roger Ebert. Yes. So coming off of Family Ties, Family Ties was such a big show. One third of American households were tuned to Family Ties when that was on the air. Can you imagine having one third of the audience share in anything? I know it was a different time, but my God, it was such a success. I can't believe I, I did not remember this at all. That was Christina Ricci's first role. No, that was Christina Ricci. It was the little girl. The daughter, the young daughter, the little girl. That's oh, Christina Ricci. That's I'm awesome. I'm watching it and all of a sudden she came in. I'm like, wait, what? She's good. I, I thought she was good in that She role. was so good in it. You know, LL Cool J's in that. LL Cool J's in the movie. And they kind of break the third wall. The whole movie is kind of breaking the fourth wall because it's it's self-referential, you know, uh, referential. James Woods is making fun of his ass type character uh, typecasting Michael J. Fox is sending up the whole young Hollywood star thing and LL Cool J is a bit character but they go to the nightclub and they're they're listening to LL Cool J music and what's interesting is that was also his first acting role his first movie you're kidding yeah so LL Cool J got his acting start from the hard way Christina Ricci gets her acting start from the hard way. This movie has a lot more influence in society than every than anybody would ever give it credit for. You know, it also uh, was one of Stephen Lang's uh, first roles. And Stephen Lang, you'll remember, I, I remember years later, like 2009, watching Avatar, which was a complete ripoff of the 90s hit, Dances with Wolves, let's not forget. The only reason I watched Avatar... The bad guy in 
in the hard way is one of the bad guys in Avatar. And I'm like, is that really the same guy? What do you think of the party crasher as as a character in this movie? Do you think he works? No. Gotta throw shade on something. I did not like... I did not like the... I don't know if it was the writing or the casting of the party crasher, but there was something that always bothered me about him. You know, me to you, me to you. And like punching the screen and just his choices as as an actor. I, I did not like that character that much. And I don't think he's a bad actor because that scene in the... So that's why I wonder if it's the writing because that scene in the garage, I, I really liked him, but that was it. That was the only part that I liked. I, I wanted to have this conversation because I, I, I wanted to just kind of have a broader conversation using this as an example. Is that the sign of a good bad guy though? A well-written bad guy that you're not supposed to like, that you're not supposed to identify with, that you're supposed to hate. Not like a cool bad guy like Darth Vader or something, but like a guy that you really want to see him get his comeuppance. You hate him. He's a weirdo. He's, he gives you the heebie-jeebies. Did you just say comeuppance? And I also said heebie-jeebies. So yeah, what of it? So what do you, I mean, what do you think about that? Like not a, not a bad guy, you know, a bad guy who's really a bad guy that you're not supposed to think is cool, that you're supposed to hate. Isn't that a sign of a well-written, well-acted bad guy? I, I agree with you that that is the sign of a well-written bad guy. And in, and in a lot of cases, it, it works. Like there are characters that you see over and over and over again, or, or, or actors that you see in different movies that, yes, you're like, uh, just, it's cringeworthy. You don't really like them, but, but it's because it's working. In this case, I don't think it was working. This is going to come as a shock to you and all of our listeners. I agree with you. I didn't like the party crasher either. I I was just wow. I just wanted to have the conversation. I don't I don't like him. I don't like I like the idea. So so the, the party crasher his MO is killing bad guys. Who what he thinks are bad guys, drug dealers, prostitutes, uh other uh, criminals and he always calls the police right before he goes and very publicly shoots up places like at nightclubs and stuff where they're playing LL Cool J. So it's a cool concept. I think the best scene in the movie has to be when James Woods just goes off. They're getting a frog dog, I think. And he just goes and, and, and just tears. He just snaps. This is the point where he's had enough and he stops the car and he just snaps. And, and he does this. This is the best monologue, I think, of the whole movie because it's so intense. It's so James Woods. It's so well written, so well delivered. And he says things like, you know, you get to go back to your bimbos and your jobs and you get 15 takes to get it right. We get one take and it lasts our whole lives. We screw it up. It's over like that. Actually, you did it wrong. Do you want to do you want to redo it to where the lines are right? Or does or, or do you like that? You know, because it's you get to go back to your your million dollar beach house, and your bimbos and your jobs. You get 17 takes to get it right. We get one take. And it lasts our whole lives. We mess it up and we're dead. So I don't know if you wanted to actually do the lines from the movie or if you liked that it was just sort of like. Here's what I, here's what I like. We leave that all in. Because you clearly remember this movie more than I do. You know, there's a scene in this. Uh, again, this movie came out in 91. There's a scene exactly halfway through this movie that does not hold up well in 2020. It was 
It was it is what it is for 1991. But looking back on it now, it just wouldn't work in 2020. And that's a scene where they're at a bar and Michael J. Fox pretends to be his girlfriend and gets and does the high pitched voice and crosses his legs and kind of lisps and all this stuff. And he's like, talk to me, talk to me, John. And 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 make and James Woods is like really struggling to have this conversation, and 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 is is it's clearly this, you know homophobic all this stuff. The uh, so wait so hold on you thought you thought he was you thought that he was James Woods was homophobic in that dude. Have you seen the movie lately? He's 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 embarrassed when the bartender comes up a couple times to give him his drinks, and 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 it's it sounds like two. Gay men. I've been on dates with women that were acting weird in dude, public towards dude, me that made me feel uncomfortable. You gotta be, you're trolling me right now. You're you're you're, you're creating conflict because this episode's going too smoothly right now, right? Hey, you know you're not the only one that gets to troll, man. This is it was clearly it was a clearly a, like a kind of homophobic scene, and and um and that's fine. I mean that's his character, but it, it's a something like in. 30 years later, almost 30 years later, society has changed that much. Whereas it wouldn't be as big of a deal. I know James Woods' character is very straight laced and, and tightly wound, but it, it's, it's just that sort of scene doesn't work as well in this environment. It worked fine in 91, but, and, and I got to be honest with you, I didn't like the scene, not for any politically correct reason or whatever. I don't think it was well executed. I don't think it was well acted. I think it was, it wasn't as funny as that premise should have been. You're right. It should have been a lot funnier. I wonder if they improv a lot of that, but like it, the, the dynamic didn't, it didn't balance the character. James Woods was way too big of a in that movie to let that scene happen the way it played out. That scene is where the movie changes for me. I will tell you, I do not like the second half of this movie nearly as much as I like the first half. The first half is very tight. It's great setup. It's great comedy. Everything builds off each other. It's, it's fast-paced. It moves. It, it's a great premise. It's well-executed, mostly. I think the second half of the movie does not pay off for the great amount of setup that it had. I think the second half kind of sucks. Well, I wouldn't say sucks, but I would definitely say the first half is one of one of my favorite first halves of a movie. Mm-hmm. But you're right. For as good as it was, it then just stopped building and just sort of existed. Right. What do you think about the action in this movie? This this is one of those comedy action movies. How do you think the the action holds up? Uh, fine. <laughs> I I actually don't have much to say about the action because to me it it didn't look fake, but it wasn't great. You know what I mean? So it's like they really dumped cars. They really they really. I mean, it, it was all real real action with you know real bullets, real bad guys, real blood. Yeah, but it was it was just it was what it was. There was nothing groundbreaking about it. But I don't think that was what this movie was supposed to be. Like the the movie, even though it had some action, it didn't look bad. But you're not going to go right home about it. It didn't look bad. It had 24 million dollars in 1990s money, early 90s money. So it was it there there was a decent size budget. It wasn't Terminator 2 level or anything. But I think I think particularly the chase sequences are poorly edited. I, I, I think there's just a lot of weird going on and it kind of gives me a headache. I, I, I don't I don't think the action's particularly well done. No. 
I disagree. I disagree because when they're chasing, they actually drew it out a little bit. Try watching an action sequence today, and you you think this gives you a headache? Watch anything post two thousand? No thanks. In action sequences, and oh my god, there's so much more going on. One of the things that I always remember about this movie, and James Wood specifically, is that The Simpsons sent it up, and James Woods went to the Quickie Mart with Apu, and James Woods was researching a role about a tightly wound convenience store operator or whatever. And I always just thought that was a cute little wink and a nod. James Woods actually did that on The Simpsons? Yeah, yeah. At the time, around the time this movie came out. But it was just funny to see him. He was in the Michael J. Fox role. Of, he was doing a, a, a thing. So, hey, if The Simpsons did it, how underappreciated could it really be? 